Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the A Word podcast. What is the A Word? The A Word symbolizes the censorship that comes with speaking about mental health and life experiences in general. This is a space where those censors do not exist and where we are able to have raw, real, and unfiltered conversations about mental health, spilling some tea about life, and sharing some laughs and cries along the way. Above all, we are here to have fun, do some self-care, and some loving on you. Welcome to the A Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the A Word podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today as we dive into ways to help release and relieve anxiety, tension, and stress. So before I dive in, I want to preface this with these are not things that are going to be take away your anxiety. They're not necessarily things that are just going to cure all of your stress, but these are things that you can do to ease them. Kind of temporary fixes to bring you back to a grounded space and bring you back to a place of being able to continue on with your day. And so these anxiety and stresses are not just completely taking over. They're just small little ways to kind of bring yourself back to a more centered place. But remember, the work that comes with lingering anxiety and stress, chronic anxiety and stress, anxiety and stress that has been around for years, that takes deeper, deeper work. So again, these are not things that are going to be quick fixes. They're not saying they're going to cure any anxiety. I'm not saying they're going to rid you of any stress, but these are things that you can do in the moment to help stay calm or things that you can do just to lessen the chance of being triggered by certain things. So some of these things are going to be things you can do in the moment. Some of these things are just practices that you can be maintaining so that when you are triggered, you can kind of return back to these things to help you again, become more grounded and centered. So I want to talk a little bit about my own anxiety and my own stress. As you guys know, I dip myself in many different things. I am a single mom to a three-year-old. I am in law school full-time and I graduate next month. And after that, I will be taking the bar exam. I am a dance teacher. I am a mindset alignment coach and I have my own spiritual shop called From the Lotus. So to say that I am a busy person is an understatement. A lot of times I get very anxious. I get very stressed out because I'm in so many different things because I am spread. I do spread myself too thin at times. But these are things that I have found that help me. And as a mom, I get so stressed out and I get so anxious about being the best mom that I can be. Um, Because, and ultimately, one thing that I've really had to realize lately is there is no handbook for parenthood. 
I'm going to say that again for all my mamas and my dads or my people that are beautiful souls that are taking over the roles of mama, daddy, guardian, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whatever. Thank you for what you're doing in these, for these babies and raising these babies because it's not easy no matter what the age is from three to even if you're, you know, dealing with some adults and you're just trying to help them, guide them and help them find their way. It's not easy. It's never, and it's nobody ever claimed it to be, but I think it's important to realize that that anxiety that you feel towards parenthood, even if you're not a parent yet, the anxiety that you feel towards being a mom one day or being a dad one day, um, you have to know that, that there's, there's no guidebook to it. It's a learning curve. Some days I feel like I got it all together. I know exactly what to do. And some days my child has a meltdown and I'm just sitting here like trying not to have a meltdown with her. You know, lest we can't both be crying. We've had those moments. We both sitting there crying for sure. I will not lie to you guys, but know that it it's possible to exist as a parent and not try to be a perfect parent. Because what the hell does that mean? What the hell does it mean to be a perfect parent? And going into like my anxiety around school... And just feeling like what's what's going to happen, getting my grades up, going to school online for half of my law school career has been the most awful thing that I could ever have dreamt of with law school. After law school already being an awful, <laughs> it's already awful. It's not fun. I mean, maybe it's fun to some people. If you think law school is fun, I'm sorry. You know, good for you. Power to you. You know what I'm saying? power to you but it's not fun for me so after it already not being a fun time and it's like oh let's go online you know for a year and a half that's fine for a good reason obviously but it hasn't been easy and so I find myself really stressed out about that at times so as we move in to these five pieces of information I'm going to give you I wanted to briefly touch on if you are struggling with anxiety on a regular basis and you know that your anxiety is something that you might feel is holding you back or a lot of the stressors in your life, a lot of the trauma you've experienced, you feel like it's holding you back from being the woman, the man, whoever, um, the person you want to be, whatever that means for you then I highly recommend that you check out my course. I have been revamping it completely and incorporating, I'm currently getting certified in NLP um, and becoming a official certified life and success coach. So with that, as I continue to grow for myself, to grow for my clients, I want to give you guys the opportunity as my podcast listeners to know right off the bat that I am going to be revamping my new course very, very soon. And I will be starting to open up pre-enrollment spots for that as well. So be on the lookout for that. All right. So let's get into it. Number one, honor and acknowledge your emotions. Again, honor and acknowledge your emotions. 
An example of this would to be would be to write in a journal or on a piece of paper about how you are feeling. And you don't even have to write it down. You can speak it out loud. I've mentioned this before, voice memos are honestly really good because it gives you a date and time and you can go back and listen to it to see how you are feeling that day. It's also a great way to track your growth as you do that healing, as you do those mindset shifts, it's a great way just to go back and see like, wow, this is where I was then and this is where I am now. It's honestly just good to document in any way, whether you choose voice memos, whether you choose videos, whether you choose to utilize, you know, writing it in a journal or in paper. This should serve more like a reflection of the day or the hard times that you are having. I am in no way telling you to do this every day. I think it's extremely, if you can do it every day, that is good. And I think that's extremely good routine practice to start. But I mean, realistically, everyone is not going to be able to do this every day. Life happens. You might just be like, I don't feel like doing this. I just want to lay down and chill and do, just be, exist. And that is 100% okay. But it is very helpful to just sit there and reflect on why, like, I would like a day, it was a day in particular last week when I was feeling super, super anxious, um, because I have been struggling with my health a bit, um, and trying to figure out what it is that's wrong. And I went to the doctor's office last week and there I had to get an ultrasound earlier in that week. It was supposed to be sent to my doctor and they told me, oh, well, your ultrasound is lost. We have no idea where it is. We're going to try to find it though. And as somebody who has been dealing with a lot of pain um, as a result of whatever it is that's going on with me, it's been really, really I've been really anxious around it. You know, I want to know what's wrong. I want to know what's going on. So that day... I kind of shut down a bit and then I noticed the fact that I was shutting down. It's like, hey, Ashley, you're shutting down. And this is, you. no, sis, like, don't shut down. Feel your feelings, feel anxious, feel sad, feel frustrated, feel it all. So I sat there and I honored and I acknowledged those emotions of I am feeling anxious about my health and what's going on with it. I am frustrated because my ultrasound was lost and now I still don't have any clue or indication as to what is going on with my body. And that was really upsetting for me. So I sat down with my journal and I just wrote it out. This is how I'm feeling. I'm pissed off because this is happening. I'm upset because I they lost it. I am irritated by the fact that I'm having to deal with this and I'm in pain and no medications, over-the-counter medications, ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol is working. It's I just let it all out and I honored and I acknowledged those emotions because they are valid. Whether or not, and see, this is something I want to get people to understand. Others do not have to agree with your emotions. Others do not have to agree with the way you feel. And even sometimes when we, our feelings are, they're all, they're valid, even if they're irrational. I'm going to say that again. 
Your feelings are valid, even if they are irrational. Even if it's something that you look back and was like, wow, okay, I, I overreacted or wow, okay, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as serious as I made it into. Those feelings are still valid. It's still okay to feel that way. And you acknowledging that, yes, okay. And, and that's a perfect example of acknowledging them. I felt this way, but I realized that it wasn't what I thought it was. The situation wasn't what I thought it was. And, and I, and I overreacted. That's a great example of acknowledging it, documenting that and realizing, keeping track of when you feel that way, what triggers those kinds of emotions so that you start to see the pattern and can understand where is this coming from and be able to dive in it and dig into it even more in a way that is so valuable, invaluable to you. And I would say... Whatever method that you decide to use to record these feelings and emotions, keep it in one place instead of constantly thinking of them and suppressing them. Because when I'm just saying, if I'm sitting here and I know I'm angry about something, I'm like, oh, that really, really bothered me. And then that thought just kind of comes and goes. And then it'll come again a week later. It'll come again two weeks later, a month later, however long it takes for that same trigger of whatever that situation is to come back up. I never dealt with it. I just kind of thought about it and, and let it go. You know, it's like in one ear and not the other type thing. And I'm not dealing with it. I'm suppressing it. So every time that happens, every time I have that thought, every time I have that feeling, it's just going down, 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 and it's stacking up with all these other emotions and all these other feelings that I'm also not dealing with. But when I'm putting them on paper, it's, it's, it's bringing them into the physical world. It's physically being able to look at the words. It's physically being able to sit there and listen to your voice say, this is something that bothered me. It's bringing them up into a place where now they're tangible. These are now tangible emotions that I can deal with. They make you, they make them feel more real. They make them feel more, more of a sense, makes you feel more of a sense of, a sense of urgency to deal with them because they're sitting right there in front of you. You can't escape them. They're right here in that book or they're right there on that video or they're right there on that voice memo. They're there. Number two, try decluttering your spaces. This is something that I have swear by, but at the same time, sometimes I will let my house get a little messy. I will let my room get a little messy. And I always just like get so anxious. I don't even want to be in the space. Like, uh, I don't even want to be in this space. Like this just doesn't feel good. It doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm just stuck and I'm trapped in this space of just clothes on the chair everywhere, just not taking care of my space. And sometimes our surroundings can make us more anxious when met with the emotions that we are already feeling. So if I'm already feeling like my life is all over the place and I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to think. I don't know how to feel. And then I walk into a room when there's clutter everywhere. It's like my thoughts and my emotions are reflecting into my reality. 
I can see the clutter in my of my mind on the chair. I can see the clutter of the emotions and the the confusion in my home by not knowing where anything is because I'm not putting stuff back where it's supposed to go. I'm not putting stuff back in the cabinet where it's supposed to be. I'm just, again, reflecting the very thoughts and emotions that I'm going through into my reality and my outer world. An example of how to deal with this would be to clean up areas in your home and redecorate them for a change in scenery. You guys, I redid my room this past summer. Best decision I have ever made. I completely changed my, I funk swayed that shit. I completely changed my room. I redid all the color scheme. I moved around the furniture. I got new, new furniture, new rugs, new bedding, just a completely new vibe because my old room did not reflect who I was anymore. And you might say, how does your room reflect who you are? But it's an expression of yourself. How you choose to decorate your home, how you choose to decorate your office, the things that you might keep in your car, the way that you dress, the way you wear your hair, it is an expression of who you are. Whether you realize it or not, it's like a subconscious expression. Like no, like some people like consciously pick clothes to express themselves because they really, really love fashion or they're really into that. Some of us don't even think about it that way. We just go to the store and we're like, that's cute, I'm gonna buy it. And that's it. But it's still an expression of who we are. So when I changed my room, it felt so much lighter and it felt more comfortable. It felt more like a home because living in a home that doesn't actually feel like your home, it's, it's not it. It's just not it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel to go and sit in a space and it's like, this doesn't even feel like my house. This doesn't even feel like my home. This doesn't feel like a safe haven for me. And your home should always feel like a safe haven for you because it is your home. So if you have, even if you don't necessarily have the resources at this time to go out and buy new furniture or anything like that, rearrange some stuff, change it up, you know, um, organize your closet. If that's what you feel called to do, um, buy a new candle, like something that's more inexpensive, buy some candles, buy some little things, like go to like it, they're, they're all do whatever you need to do to go to the lengths to, raise the vibrations of your space if your space feels low vibrational it's hard for you to exist as a high vibrational being when you're in a low vibrational environment so just let that sit with you okay think about changing and funk swaying the fuck out of that shit number three limit your screen time on the TV and on social media. Now, this is something that I really struggle with as somebody who works a lot from my social media. It's how I access you guys. It's how y'all access me sometimes. It's how I promote my programs. It's how I, you know, get more exposure on my businesses and stuff like that. So it's very hard. It's a really big part of my life. But I've realized that 
you know, social media has really had a negative effect on me, impact on me. I got so engulfed in likes and, and shares and numbers and metrics on Instagram and anywhere else. And it just hurt me. So I decided to really make a conscious effort to limit the amount of time I, for one, spent on social media, but also what I was seeing on my social media. I went and unfollowed a lot of accounts that just felt low vibrational to me. And not that that, I'm not saying the individual themselves is low vibrational, but it just didn't serve me, right? And at the end of the day, if it doesn't make you feel good, if it's something, if you're seeing stuff on social media, it's like, ugh, okay, I don't want to see this. Well, then unfollow the person, you know? it It's real easy. It don't take but like three seconds, so. <laughs> but anyway, looking into social media as a whole and just taking a break from it, social media and the news is really where we get a lot of the information regarding the current events. And for me, as a black woman, especially this past week, I found myself just getting so, when I just past week, the past few years have just been utterly repulsive. And I get sick of seeing the way black people are treated, not only in this country, but around the world. It pisses me off and it just puts me in such a bad mood. And it's sometimes it's like, I don't want to see it. I just can't because I cannot hold, I don't have the capacity to keep seeing these things on my timelines. I don't have the capacity to be finding myself getting so upset all the time about something that I already know. You know, I know what the things are. I know how this country is structured. I understand. I get it. And it's frustrating to the, to to the bottom of my core like there's it it makes me feel disgusted absolutely to put it in one word it absolutely would be would be disgusted but I choose to limit my my own access to that and limit my exposure to it to protect myself and my energy and my well-being because I deserve that and so do you guys so whatever that might be take a break from it you don't have to expose yourself to it all the time. And I think especially when it comes to the news and current events, it's like, well, if you're not talking about it, then you don't care sometimes. I do not agree with that. Sometimes people aren't talking about it, not because they don't think it's outrageous or because they don't want to speak on it or because they don't want to be supportive. There's a difference between ignoring a situation and not speaking on it because you're just you're tired. And again, as a black woman, you know, I feel like I'm expected to make a comment every time a black person is arrested wrongfully or killed wrongfully, or there's some racist video out. Every time that happens, it feels like at one point it felt like I was expected to say something. And if I didn't say anything, then I wasn't speaking up for my community. And I have spoke a lot on my platforms about what we go through as black people, but I have reached a point and at this time in my life, I, at this point in this space right now, I have to preserve, this is about self-preservation self and I can't continue to 
do that all the time because it would be an everyday thing. It'd be an every week thing. It'd be an every month thing. And it's not something that I can hold the capacity for. So ways that you can limit this is you can simply just take a few days not looking at the media or just limiting your time on social media to one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. That is something I have started to try to practice. I don't always get to only that one hour in the evening or one hour in the morning. Sometimes it does end up being more than that, but it's a good starting place and a good way just to gauge what that means for you as far as your activity on social media. Moving on to number four. Connect with your family and friends. Connecting with the people that support you, the connecting with the people that you know truly love you, have your best interest at heart, respect you, and want to be there for you and show up for you energetically on a regular basis. Those people are not the ones that you shut out. Those are the people that you keep in your corner. That doesn't mean that you need to go talk to them because sometimes you've, you do need alone time. Sometimes you might just not feel like being bothered and that's okay. That's another form of self-preservation. You're, you're preserving yourself at that time because you don't have the energy to interact with others. Focusing our energy on people that mean a lot to us instead of our negative and negative feelings, anxious feelings, stress that we're encountering can bring love and real tangible people back into our thoughts. So if I'm feeling the other day, I was feeling really, really stressed out and I really I just took the time to just have a conversation with my mom. Instead of just sitting there, I just like, you know, let me, let me go talk to my mom. And it made me feel good. It was a tangible representation of the love that I have in my life. And I realized that I need to be grateful for that. I, we, a lot of times we do, we obviously, we love the people in our lives. We are grateful for them, but we don't always actively think about how grateful we actually should be. And that kind of goes into my fifth point is showing gratitude. This is something that I have really struggled with over the years. And as I have really, really honed in on what that means to show gratitude and be grateful, I have seen major shifts in my mindset and in my life because we want to just focus on all the things that are going wrong in our lives, but really struggle with seeing what's good in our lives and what's nice and what is 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 helping us and what is making us the person that we are for the better. And I had to sit there and really go over the things I'm grateful for. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Write down all the things that you are grateful for. And if you don't have the ability to write it down in the moment, if you're driving or something like that, just think about it. What am I grateful for? I have a roof over my head. I have a, um, and this is not necessarily me, but any of you guys, I have a husband that loves me. I have beautiful, healthy children. I have children that are 
like excelling in life. I have a mother who loves me. I have a dog that gives me kisses every morning and brightens up my day. Just whatever it is, it can be something so small that you don't realize but it's something that you are grateful for because it's something that shapes you. It's a tangible thing in your life that allows you to, that gives you energy, that fuels you, that makes you feel good. So think about those things. It might be really hard because it used to be really, really hard for me to find the positive and the good in my life because I felt like it's just always anxiety, always stress, always things. And my deepest, darkest points of my depression, I it was very, very difficult for me to find the good. I sat there and I literally forced myself, Ashley, what is good in your life? What is it? Because there's something. Everything in your life is not bad. It's not. So what is good? What is it? No matter how small it is, how minuscule you might actually think it is, there's something good there. And as we get into the sixth point, breath work and meditation, these are also things that have really, really changed my life. Every Saturday morning, because I don't really have the opportunity to do it daily because of my schedule, but I always make sure that every Saturday I sit down, I have a slower morning, I do my meditations, I journal, and I sit with my breath work. And breath work is something I'll do throughout the week because it's something easy. You always have your breath. Your breath is endless as long as obviously you're a living being. You always have access to breath. You do not have to go out and buy breath. You don't have to go pay for something to access your breath. It's always with you. You're always there. It's always there for you. It's so, it's literally one of the most accessible things ever. So if you can, when you're doing breath work and or meditation, finding a place where you can ground yourself in a quiet space and just focus on your breath can be extremely calming. One thing I always tell my clients is to sit down somewhere and you can even do this at work if you are, have the ability to sit down at your job. Sit down, place both feet on the ground, fully flat on the ground, Place your hands on your thighs and close your eyes. We're going to go ahead and do it right now. We're going to breathe in the good. We're going to breathe in the opportunities that you're hoping to receive. We're going to breathe in the gratitude that you feel for whatever it is you're grateful for in your life. We're going to exhale the things that are taking up too much of your energy and are not serving you. Here we go. We're going to do breath in, one, two, three, and out, one, two, three. One, two, three. Breathe out, one, two, three. Okay, we're gonna do that again. Breathe in, one, two, three. Breathe out, one, two, three. One more time. We're gonna breathe in again. One, two, three, and breathe out. 
One, two, three. There are so many different ways to do breath work that it's just one that's really, really easy, allows you to kind of just bring some attention to your breath and focus on the things that you want to keep in your life and the things that you want to breathe out of your life and expel from the body. These kinds of exercises release endorphins and help you focus on the parts of your body that need the most attention by noticing where the tension resides in your body. So for instance, if I'm breathing and I'm doing there, we call this a body scan. If I'm sitting there and I'm breathing and I notice There's a lot of tension in my shoulders. So what I'm going to do is in my next breaths, I'm going to send that breath and focus that breath directly towards my shoulders in order to help me release the tension there. So that's what I mean by that. Excuse me, by that. This can be, breath work can be done in conjunction with a guided meditation, some form of aromatherapy, and a quiet and comfortable space. I always say that if you're going to sit down and meditate, you do the damn thing. You set that mood. You get those candles if you need it. Whatever you use to meditate, candles, if you have sage, if you utilize crystals, if you utilize your diffuser and aromatherapy, if you have like water, ocean sounds in the background with the guided meditation, if you like to play soft music, lo-fi, whatever it is that you use, And what sets that mood for you, do that shit. Because that is what's going to help you. If you're just forcing yourself to meditate and you're not comfortable, first of all, never try to meditate when you aren't comfortable. That's defeating the purpose of meditation. It's supposed to be calming. It's supposed to be relaxing. It's supposed to, sometimes meditations are hard and they bring up emotions depending on what kind of meditation you're doing. But regardless of it, when you start and when you sit down or lay down to do your meditation, you should not be in an uncomfortable space. That's like, I don't know, that's like going to the gym and you're, you're, you would, would, um, like a broken ankle. What do you think you're going to do? Your ankle broken. You're going to treadmill? You going to lift weights on the squat rack? No. So why even try? <laughs> but yes, guys. So let's go back through those six things that we talked about in this episode. Number one, honor and acknowledge your emotions. Number two, declutter your spaces. Number three, limit your screen time and time on social media. That includes unfollowing accounts. Number four, connect with your family and friends. Number five, practice gratitude. And number six, utilizing breath work and meditation. As always, I am going to leave you guys with some affirmations before we conclude today's episode. I am okay. And what I am going through is temporary. I am okay. And what I am going through is temporary. Even if I feel 
out of control. I am always in control. Even if I feel out of control, I am always in control. All right, guys, thank you so much. Please let me know if this episode resonates with you. Please share it, leave a review, DM me, email me. You know where to find me. As always, thank you so much, you beautiful, beautiful people.